opening in an intro because, because, first of all, my name is Sean. This is Weekly Game Chat, episode 377. Sean, what is Weekly Game Chat? Well, if you stumbled upon us, this is the world's greatest podcast about video games. That's what we do. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have an intro part of our show. I say my name's Sean. Normally, I would say that John and Chris are here, but today John is not here. It's just Chris. And yes. um, so in a minute, he's going to say hello and all that stuff. But beforehand, he didn't tell me. See, we stream on twitch.tv, right? And for you old folks out there, you don't got to pay for it. It's not an app. You just type it in on your phone, your browser, on your you know your Mac or your, your uh, iPad or whatever. Well, you got to only be Apple products, Sean, because that's how it bees, okay? But you go there, you search weekly game chat, you can see our faces, and what you would see today is John in a crown, right? And he looks times. hilarious because it doesn't look like John. One, he doesn't have glasses on. Two, he's got long hair. Three, he's got a crown on. Four, he's smiling. Yeah, this is probably <laughs> like 2010-ish John right here. 2010-ish John. That's yeah. nice. And, and it, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chris to the show. Uh, yeah, it's just me and him carrying the load this week. Uh, and as you see, he's got some some gold on John because him and John, you guys have known each other for like a hot minute. You live with each other, with with each other, obviously. Yeah, we've known each other for I would say about seventeen years now, fifteen, seventeen years, somewhere in there. Coke, where you at? I need a sponsorship for some Coke Zeros. What's up? Yeah, I haven't known John that long. I remember. I remember an early, I don't remember why. I think it was my rehire mm. at our company. And John was working in the HR department. Yeah. And they they facilitated testing uh, upon reentry. This is not a like a, a drug test. It's it's not even an, a typing test. It's more like an aptitude test, I think. And he facilitated that. And I remember I knew of him. He had long hair. <laughs> he I'm was still like rocking imagine- button ups. Imagining you picking up like the the round peg and looking at the wall and John just going, okay, where does that one go? Because <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, he knew I knew him, uh, but we weren't like we are now. It's funny when you look back at stuff like that. Yeah. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, once again, just to remind you, this is the intro of the show. We kind of just say things. Um, Chris and I had to, we chose not to talk about this thing. Congratulations, Tennessee. Um, Alabama, if you listen to this show, you know Chris and I love the Alabama football program. They had a big game against Tennessee. Uh, Alabama has beaten Tennessee 15 straight years. We get to do things like smoke cigars and have fun with friends and yada, yada, yada. Well, that's all come to an end. Tennessee brought home the dub, and you know it was deserved. I think for that environment and for that team on that night, they won. They low down. They dirty. <laughs> they still a bunch of snitches. And we'll see them in the SEC championship, hopefully, after yeah. they beat Georgia, so we can get our revenge. But this is, like, for sports, this is a great time of year because college football is going on, pro football is going on, baseball playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? They're happening. Uh, you know, I'd soccer, like, never stops. So, for me, that's another plus. And then the NBA is starting this, I think, this Today. week. 
today. Today. So that's pro <laughs> basketball starting and then hockey is going to start soon. It's just like it's a good time of year. I like yeah. it. I like it. And then and then of course for us, let's reel it back to video games, you know. We we got us a slew of games coming out now. Um uh, hopefully next week maybe John can talk about Scorn if he's if he even remembers how to get to the show and I played be here. that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you did play that a little bit. Damn. Plague Tale came out. And that's going to be a big one. I think we'll probably like to talk about that one. That's not happening today. I'll tell you that much. That's not happening today. Got a Mario and Rabbids. Uh, yeah, they got. So you see those reviews that game got, by the way? Mm-hmm. Tap Natch. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tap I'm going to have to get review. that now. But, uh, you know, in the in the vein of sports, let's play off that a little bit. They, they of course, come and go like seasons do. <gasps> uh, we're kind of pivoting into the fall. Uh, and that's going to be a teaser. What I just said about the fall is a teaser for what I'm going to bring to the intro part of the show. But the season part, that's going to be what Chris brings into the show this week. So uh, he said, Sean, my topic this week is going to be season one complete. So, Chris? Yeah. Uh, last Friday, midnight, as I've done pretty much every night, midnight since it's uh, debuted. I watched the end of season one, Ring of Power, uh, from, of course, Lord of the Rings and Jeffrey Bezos's billions of dollars. Um, I will say one. I'd probably give the season a seven. I think it's, oh. I think it ends better than it starts. I think there it was pretty clear these guys were new to show running. It didn't quite like understand it's like you have to have stakes for your characters every episode that feel like we're moving to something even if it's not like the big battle or something you know right um right and i don't think they always did that well early on like it took me to like episode five or six till i started really caring about some of these characters um but that said as far as my recommendation to who should watch this I'll tell you now, if you care about the lore, if you're the person who's like, I love token lore and to change anything or for it to not be exactly what token lore has said at some point, don't watch the show. You're going to hate it. It's going to piss you off. You're going to be like wondering why, why is this character not there? Why doesn't he appear this way? Why is this that going on? You're going to be that person. So Save yourself the eight hours and, and go watch something else. Uh, the other thing I would say is if you're someone who more so, you know, if you didn't love the movies, if you, if you're more so like right now, you're like, I really like game of Thrones. I've really liked house of dragons because I like that, that setup of a really just being medieval retelling of history with dragons. You know, that's, that's not in this show. There is evil. No, there is straight up evil and it is not hidden. And we know what yeah. we're going towards and what we're working towards in this. So it's not there, but I will say if you liked the movies and you're willing to say, okay, they're playing around with everything and kind of just trying to tell some tales that can work within uh mill earth and give a couple of major scenes to it. It's not bad. It's fine. It gets really good. It has some very powerful moments towards the end of the season. Uh, and I can't wait to see what they do in season two because there's some well, cool, and that's, interesting that's things. most important because you are you and our friend uh, of the show and our friend in real life, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone was like, who's the biggest 
like you know Lord of the Rings fans mm. that you know, you two would be top of the list instantly. Yeah, because Josh of your knowledge. Josh knows more than me. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. and I, I was gonna say I think you'd admit that, but mm-hmm. I'd like to know once I finish it, I'll know his thoughts on it. I am slacking a little bit on that one. Uh, I I, I left off, and I'm gonna say this spoiler free as I can. Mm-hmm. There was a hill. Mm-hmm. That the hill was part of a ditch. And there were two friends trying to get out of the ditch on top of the hill. Elves. <laughs> and and that's where I left off, Chris, that episode. So that, that, how close am I to something? At the very end of that episode, something there was a sort of a cliffhanger. But how close am I to epicness? I think it's you can, episode five or six is like when it really pops off. Also, the best part of that. If you even if you are a fan of Lord of the Rings lore, uh, and you're one of those a holes who's just like it has to be this way, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if you're that guy, um, the relationship between Elrond and and Durin feels about as accurate as as a relationship should between an elf and, and a dwarf. Like that that part, they very much nail. That's so, nice. He just name dropped, and you yeah. might have recognized at least one of those names. But I mean, like, there's yeah. like a there's a guy I kind of like follow just for gaming stuff, and he's been reviewing both House of Dragon and this, and he is a hardcore Tolkien guy. He's just like every week I see his articles. This week they did do this, and they changed that, and I'm like, who cares, man? Okay, go read the book. Yeah, and that's something as I've gotten older. This is not old man chat. Calm down. Calm yeah. down. Uh, but as I've gotten older, I've appreciated uh, just whatever it is that we get. Mm-hmm. If we're a fan of something and we get whatever version of that, whether it's a movie, a TV show, whatever, I appreciate that that exists for me to be a fan of and enjoy it. And I've shied away from the nitpicking, as like you just said, about the storytelling. It's- because because the showrunners are going to make decisions, things that are going to look better on a screen. Correct. So they're going to alter a, it's a little bit it's like right now you know we're also watching house of the dragon i've pointed out because i've like you know mike or by mike he's kind of read the wikipedia but he hasn't read the book you guys haven't read it i read it and i've pointed out like certain things like when they've come up and they go like oh they did this differently but i don't i don't sit there and like you know automatically just go this this is now terrible because they did that Right, like they they change a couple of people's intents of of how where they're coming into the end of the season, and I'm been totally fine with it because you know I'm just like in some ways I'm like oh I kind of like the airway better, but I'm willing to see where it's going right where it in goes way, right yeah well because out. if you remember uh, his son uh, said dad don't f this up <laughs> like famously. You know, and so we'll see if he messed it up. If if not, he'll probably not be the president of Amazon. Uh, yeah, and the chat has noticed that you have on a uh, pretty nice tie dye today. And guys, I was talking about Jeffrey Bezos. I just realized that I was like, his son said, "Don't f it up." Jeffrey Bezos's son. It was kind of famous before the series <laughs> came out. And it was like, Dad, don't f this up. <laughs> you sure it wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer's son? Oh, I, we're gonna I still watch a watched little, that, by the way. We're, sure, we're going to watch a little tape called Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't watched that. That that show got some controversy going, didn't it? And, yeah, uh, I think it. I, I think it's well acted, but I don't think it's 
was necessary in any way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't need uh, I did see there were conversations released. Uh, Netflix has the conversations with a killer yeah. series. And I noticed that those dropped too. I was going to ask you if those are new or not. I don't remember seeing those before. The I mean, Dahmer tapes specifically. I think tapes have been out, but I don't know if it's ever been put in the series. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. A, lot of these, yeah. a lot of these dudes, whenever they get caught, they really want to hype up themselves so they'll talk to anyone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it is Halloween time. And of course, Halloween Ends came out since we're on a show. Mm-hmm. I do want to check that out. I'm going to try to watch it on Peacock. Uh, oh. Hopefully I can remember my password and all of that stuff. Uh, but I teased the fall. I don't know why I said remember that. Oh, I do remember why. My title is called Appreciation. Sean, that has nothing to do with the fall. Well, here's what happens. The title is called Appreciation because of something I saw that is related to the fall. With the fall, generally speaking, except for where you live, where I do, um, it actually is a season. And the temperatures kind of cool off a little bit. And, you know, leaves change, a.k.a. they're dying and we think they're pretty. Uh, But, you know, stuff like that starts happening. Well, specifically now, we are in the fall. uh, And it's going to be really cold where I live tonight. Right? Where I live today of recording, it's going to be really cold. And I have an appreciation of a well-timed meme. And then it made me think, I just appreciate really good memes. That Think about this. When a meme hits you, for something that you absolutely do. <laughs> What's funnier? And I'll give you the example for context. And this is why I appreciate. I appreciate my friends. And I appreciate memes. Because I mentioned to one of our friends. Uh, because of the, the cold weather. Weather. The weather. Jesus, Sean. Um, that I was going to make chili tonight. You know? It's like chili time. I got a hoodie on. Uh, and so, without saying a word. Uh. My phone goes off sometime later, and it's a text from our friend Mike. <laughs> and the text, uh, it's it's kind of a meme, kind of not memes generally say things across the picture, but it's one of those things that says, I'll read it. It says, temperature drops below 70 degrees. That's Fahrenheit. Southerners. And then there's a picture of an empty shelf that used to hold chili packets. <laughs> and out Chris, I wanted to bring that up specifically because you've been down here a lot, right? And you understand chili's good. You like chili, but like sure. is it like that up north? Like do, you, do the Balmorians, is that oh, how yeah. I say that right? Is everyone, it is it like that up there? Everyone makes chili everywhere, Sean. When, when I mean cold. like specifically excitement when it gets cold. None of People up north never get that excited, I think, when it gets cold. <laughs> right, they're so like, they just they're embrace, like, whatever. They're brace for impact. That's why you're like, you know, it's going to get really cold. Sean, why don't you tell what that really cold temperature is going to be tonight that you're so like, oh, man. I don't know. I'm getting warnings all over my phone. Uh, the most recent update they're saying today is going to be, this must have changed. But they're saying it's going to be 37 tonight, maybe? Yeah. Somewhere around there? So everyone uh, up north is just like yeah. Threw well, stuff at we you. were having freeze warnings, <laughs> and and like I said, that's kind of breaking to me. It's gonna be about ten degrees, mm. ten degrees better in the good. Acid sugar says cold. Come to New England, tell me you're cold. Oh, I know, I, and that that debate will happen forever. But so it'll be in the 30s tonight. It will get up now. This is a change. It's gonna get up more in the 60s tomorrow, 
mm-hmm. then back down in the 30s tomorrow night. But then the, it'll have start a warming trend. But for a few days, the hoodie is out and we're making chili. So, again, I appreciate friends that know how to send well-timed memes. Uh, so, there you go. There you go. Well, Someone's Chris, you have anything banned. else? Huh? Someone's about to get banned in chat. Who's very, about to get banned in chat? What happened? They said a very bad thing in chat. Oh, well, all right. So let's let's spotlight this particular user. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on twitch.tv, we have users. Um, they chime in, and you've heard some of the names before. Uh, Zechariah. I have never, I don't think I've ever said that name. <laughs> Maybe I have when there was a first-time chat or something to, Probably. to that. Uh, but Zechariah, which I don't recall saying a lot, he wanted, they wanted, I shouldn't, I don't know what Zechariah's boy, girl, what, whatever, you know, I should say they, they typed go Vols with a mischievous, like devil little emoji type deal. <laughs> Enjoy it. It's your Super Bowl. You, but you missed it. We did give the shot out to Tennessee. They did take down the mighty Alabama. I'll tell you one thing. That one, the only thing me. they, that wasn't the only thing they took down yeah. that night. They, they took, took down, down about, post here. yeah, about everything. And they threw them in a river. <laughs> like, that's like, come on, guys. It's like it's in a river. Yay. One thing I got most annoyed at, and it, and it, yeah, they lost Alabama and I was upset about it. But I read this, this repost on Facebook from somebody I'm friends with, and it said, uh, this long rant about how it's so funny that Alabama fans think that we stormed the field because it, we beat Alabama. It's not because we beat Alabama. It's because blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no. Like, come on, dude. Really? Is that why Auburn storms the field when they beat Alabama? Is that why, is that why last year Texas A&M stormed the field when they beat Alabama? I mean, right. if it were for the fact it was the national championship, I promise you, Georgia would have stormed the field when I, they beat Alabama. Look, and the game was epic. You won on a last-second field goal against Correct. a rival. And, a ranked and rival. If, uh, it's an arch. Yeah, right. It's. I don't know how else to explain it, but for, for some of the Tennessee fans that apparently I know that know other people – I was like, I was just like, oh, just admit it. It's okay. I mean, I'd it, be the first to admit going back because I remember our history and how things used to be when this streak began. When Cody blocked that kick in 07. I went nuts. If if that kick had been blocked in Alabama, we would have probably stormed the field that day. And we and and the collective fan base generally does not storm the field with Alabama. That was just so hype. You know, well, and, and we had lost what, like seven in a row to them. Yeah, so it, it was adding up, right? Yeah. Uh, but just, just call a spade a spade. It is yeah. what it is. Congrats to the Vols fans that listen to us. I know Kenny Chesney probably doesn't listen to us. Morgan Wallen probably doesn't listen to the show, but those are two big country fans who claim Tennessee. I did see Peyton, old big head Peyton Manning, on the sidelines, who has the same problem as me, where hats didn't fit. And he had that thing on like the loose. You would just well, I would just see the sideline every now and then. I'd just see this floating orb behind <laughs> just gigantic dome. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good. That somebody, I think it was the coach, Coach Heupel said, you know, this is what college football is. And for sure. It really, it really is. I mean, again, I'm telling everybody to call a spade a spade. It is what it is. I want to win nothing like it in the world. I want to win national championships, but I also think it's a good thing for the sport in general when teams like Tennessee and 
don't know, like our ones that have dropped off, like USC seems to be somewhat back now. Um, yeah. You know, things like that where I'm like, oh, Texas, you know, like if Texas had beat us, I've been like, even though I've heard it 95 times in the last 10 years that they're back, I'm sure they would have yeah. been ready to say it again. Right? You know, any and pick a sport. Like it's good, I think, when college basketball, yeah. Kansas, Duke, North Carolina's, the, the powerhouses are there, are there the Michigans, it, whatever sport you want to say, I think it's good to be there. Uh, Zechariah's chiming in and asked, did we see that Lane, he said it's Kiffin, so he's speaking of Lane Kiffin, who's the current coach for Old Miss, uh, says, did you see that Kiffin mustard bottle, bottle troll tweet with Saban? Yeah. I don't think, did you catch it? I didn't see it, Chris. Yeah, what? it was a throwback to last year with Old Miss and... Uh, and uh, popcorn? No, uh, Old Miss in Tennessee. Someone threw a. F- oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. So they tied. I got to, he, look, I one thing about that coach specifically, he knows how to troll. Yeah, so he took the you know the <laughs> when Saban got pissed uh, on the um, the dude for Weber deciding to recover the oh, yeah. fumble. Right, yeah, that was yeah. not a fumble. <laughs> Shout out to that dude. You're awesome. Yeah, if you listen to the show, we love you still, man. It's all right. But when he has it, like he's like, oh, throwing it down. He put the bottle of mustard at the back of his head. To look like it hit. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, I gotta go see good. the tweet. That's pretty. I'm gonna good. look for it while we're while we're transitioning. I should be able to just search. Should I be able to search Lane Kiffin? Probably. While you do that, like, we'll let the uh, yeah. the listeners. Is at it home. happening? Well, we'll let the listeners at home. You know. Oh yeah. Get on with their lives and get ready for the topic. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived. That's right. We've arrived in the land of topic time. Topic? Topic time and whether or not you decided to actually look at the time marker and scroll on over here or if you hung out with us in that entire intro no matter what welcome welcome home get cozy this is where i get quiet and i let chris do what he does and properly introduce this week's topic time the topic is Yes, Surrey Bob. Oh, that's lit. So I, I actually, <laughs> this will come up at some point, but I was like, Chris, that, that music from this uh, series needs to make it to the uh, spectacular at the end of the year, please. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not that cut. Something maybe more chill. I don't know. We'll no, that one's from the actual game, but I just That's true, this, too. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that's that one. True. It's always a good hype track. So, but speaking of the game, just just in case I forget to say it, Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the animated anime, actually, series that's on Netflix right now called Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Yes. In watching that, I did the opposite of what most people do. Uh, I found out today, per Chris, I bought the game <laughs> after watching 
the anime. Chris said it's normally the other way around. You normally play the game and then you're excited about the anime, right? No, I think, you know, just in general, it seems to be you watch the anime and then you start playing cyberpunk. That That's definitely the number one takeaway of all this. It uh, is. Like we said, I, I don't even know how this started. I think Chris just tossed this right in my lap. We knew that John was going to be out this week and he goes, uh, we were, we were throwing something around and it would have been not as fun as this potentially. It would have been more, probably more serious, but he goes, buddy, uh, cyberpunk is that, that animated show is on Netflix. You should, we should check it out. Yeah. And we've done that before too, right? We've done whenever, yeah. uh, the Castlevania anime that came out a couple, uh, had a couple of seasons. We've talked about that. I was like, well, if we talked about that, man, we could talk about this. Talk about Sonic movies. Like we yeah. try to tie in other things that are within our video game world, especially knowing that this project, uh, with it being on Netflix, is CD Projekt Red signed off on it. Like yeah. they're, it, it is, it is a, it's official stuff. It's, it's a standalone story. We'll get into that in a little bit, but it's like, it's legitimate. It's not some stuff that just like a fan made. It is really. Yeah, tied in. But the good thing about it is, is I love that I didn't need context from the video game to play it. Yeah, it's it's based off. I mean, it it says based off Mike Pondersmith, who is the guy who created the board game that Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is is you know based off of. But on top of that, right, the whole aesthetic and even to the point where I believe the composer of the game did a couple of the tracks for the show. So good. Um the whole aesthetic is very much directly taken from cyberpunk 2077 from last year, um, which I love by yeah. the way. And, and, and kind of sucks. And, and I don't want to sound like a poser. When I say this, I only didn't play the game because of uh, the, the stuff I just started hearing about it early on. Sure. And I, I should have been a day one person. I should have experienced all of that stuff. No, I don't remember why I wasn't. No, you um, should have. Huh? They shouldn't have because you wouldn't well, have bought it on PC. <laughs> right, right. But I love the whole, the future, like you said, the, just that whole aesthetic. I I dig so hard. Yeah. Uh, to kind of set up the show, I'm going to read this directly from cyberpunk.net. And then Chris and I will get going because Chris, I'm, I'm sure, has some, he probably knows more about the stuff I saw, mm-hmm. what it meant, who it was potentially than, than me. But just to kind of set this up, it's a standalone. All right, I'll read it right here. Cyberpunk Ed Run- Runners tells a standalone 10-episode story about a street kid trying to survive in a technology and body modification-obsessed city of the future. <laughs> in the so future. You yeah. There you go. Um, which is a very common tale in the world of cyberpunk. Um, going back to it, yeah, I think the number one reason that I thought the game got off the ground for those who played on PC and loved it um despite whatever issues it had <clears throat> was night city and that is reminded here right away but i think it actually gives you the one thing that you get a little bit of in 2077 but this gives you the most which is feeling like you really are a part of the downtrodden in the city and how just getting out of the gutter seems near impossible, but how you realize you're willing to risk everything in order to accomplish it. Right. Um, in this show, our main character is David, who is a student at the Arasaka Academy. 
for those who don't know, Arasaka is like one of the three major corporations that controls pretty much the world. Um, and that's tied into Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, big time! Nice, nice, yeah, nice. So I do want to know the tie-ins because that's cool. Yeah, that's that's a huge one. Um, but uh, the big thing here is that David is not like the other Arasaka students. Most of the Arasaka students they come from the corporate lifestyle, right? Their parents are all rich. David yeah. has got a mom who is a cop and basically does everything she can to send him to the school, but he doesn't feel like he wants to be a part of it because he is attached to the idea of becoming what's called an edge runner, which is a very popular kind of crime underground profession within uh night city where people use various modifications cybernetic modifications on their bodies to commit crimes and jobs whatever you want to call them for fixers um the low life of the city and, and move themselves up in power and get better and better work over time as they get more and more uh chrome as they would say <laughs> and, and, and their angle is more like an anti-hero angle they're not like i don't want you to think they're bad guys right yeah. in the sense that like darth vader is to the the, the star wars universe or something like that mm -hmm. they they find targets and they feel okay with doing these jobs the cyber uh punk edge runners because they're attacking what they see as you know the man yes the the big corporations the the ones who are so like just boo you know yeah. so that's what they're they're doing and that's where they come from yeah you have the like the ones that are just a-holes and will do anything because chaos. But you have a lot of them that it's more <laughs> of chaos. It, it's, it, it's that it's that crime family mentality, right? Like yeah. everyone here is grouped together to accomplish something. If you're part of that group, there's love, there's compassion, there's caring for everyone in it. Even though you also know not to trust everyone within it and definitely not to trust anyone who is not in your group uh very easily you shouldn't just rush to someone new with the arms wide open scott staff um <laughs> you know and they're that's kind of demonstrated throughout this but you know it's it, david early on in this comes across a popular military tech upgrade that is from the game uh or is shown in the game at times uh kind of called a sandvison right and it's big because it's military tech it's pretty demanding on the user. Um, and it's the kind of Chrome in the world of cyberpunk. There's a thing called cyber psychosis. Yeah. You don't want to be that. Yeah. Where basically over time as people put more and more cybernetics into their body that become more demanding. Eventually it has the threat of detaching their mind from reality and they lose their grip and basically start murdering anyone around them because they perceive everyone's a threat. Um, yeah. and something like a Sanderson is like prime example of something that you put in your body and ends up driving you to cyber psychosis. Well, David ends up equipping this and finds out, Oh, Hey, I actually have a really high tolerance to this yeah. stuff and I can use it more than the average person, um, which makes him unique and very desirable to edge runners <laughs> throughout the city. And he meets one very early on called Lucy. And that kind of starts this, this adventure between Dave and Lucy as they try to find their place within night city, find 
what their relationship is going to be, I would say, between the two um, and what Dave's journey is going to be from just wanting to be part of this culture to what it's like to rise to the top levels of yeah, it. The cream right? of the, yeah, the cream of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think that one of the first, I think I'd like to see you and I talk about the most impactful moments early on in David's story from this 10 episode, you know, show, mm-hmm. obviously I think we know the first big one sure. that hits an emotional string, but I think the introduction of Lucy is kind of a, it's obviously a big one. And I love that it almost, and, and with animes, if you watch them, you know, there's curveballs left and right or things you don't see coming or very impactful moments, whatever you want to say. But yeah. I think, I think I fell in love uh, with some cinematography, if I can say that, on some of the shots oh, yeah. um, shortly after meeting Lucy. It was it was really cool. And I'm telling you, the, the underlying music that accompanies you watching these shows, man, it's, I don't watch a lot of anime. And no. maybe I sound like a noob when I talk about them. But I, yeah, this was, this was straight up my alley for whatever reason. This yeah. is, this is the kind of anime I can do pretty easily. Like where I know it's based off of something. So it has rules and standards in a way, right? Like it can't just be like all of a sudden people are tanks now and they have a tank culture or whatever. I don't know. Here's an anime about a, a rooster man. What? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, the, like what? anime does some really weird things. Okay. <laughs> um, but Something like this where it's just contained. Hey, here's 10 episodes. It's going to be its one thing, right? Maybe they'll do something else eventually, but here it is. This is a 10-episode little thing um, that does a great job of, because it has the input of CD Projekt Red, making sure it feels like the game, but at the same time is has a solid anime studio wo- you know, working behind it to make it feel like it has that style. Um, you know, that honestly, a lot of the players who play something like cyberpunk, that's what they want, right. For their characters. They want to have that katana sword with like looking like they could be in ghost in the shell or Akira or something like that. And going around this world, slicing people up, just doing amazing things with their, uh, with their character. They lean into all that here and it feels awesome because of it. But you know, yeah, as you said, Sean, like. I think the moon sequence for a lot of people is one without saying too much is going to be give, give everyone the good anime feels that that's what people love about these kind of things. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. A lot of times it's the, the, I've noticed too, on the way they do the series, the impact on a scene uh, maybe doesn't have a lot of movement. Maybe Mm -hmm. is a lot of steel. Like when I say still, I'm saying S-T-I-L-L. Nothing's sure. happening, but music's playing and maybe it stops and you can almost hear a breath. Yeah. And then it snaps back and and just, it's so well done from top to bottom. Um, you know, a lot of times with anime, I've heard like it can just be out there. It could be crazy. Like you said, I've heard some has some really good story tied to it. For me, this one kind of kind of falls in that range where, uh yeah, I feel like it has some pretty good story going to it. And I feel like, uh, you know, I, I think it, it that that is, is such – everything just plays well together. That's the way I need to say it. The way it looks, the storytelling, the music, the vibe, everything is just so good. Yeah, I think it – no matter what part you are in the story, I think it does a really good job of tying – 
whatever's going on back to an emotional stake for David. Um, you know, early on, it's kind of the tie to his mother, right? Yeah. And then it's a tie to say this new outfit and then a tie to Lucy, right? Then tie for, um, oh man, what's the name of the big dude? I cannot remember. Um, you just put me on the spot. Yeah, no, I can't remember. Search with them, right? Why would you do that? Um, 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 <laughs> Maine. Maine. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, tie, a tie, you know, that, that relationship as, you know, protege and leader. Right. Yeah. Um, to then. Let me tell you how much you know, a, a new how things I am change. About, about animes. Right. So sure. I hit up Chris and this was right before the show. Cause I, I wanted to see, I recognize some of the voices we get to hear from the American dub. Notice that I called it an American dub because I learned that. So I Google uh, cyberpunk voice cast because there are some pretty prominent voices you're going to kind of recognize from other works, right? One, and we'll probably highlight that as well. Mm. But so when I pull it up, it's like, uh, I didn't know that uh, such and such, such and such was that voice. And Chris was like, buddy, they're not. That's the, you know, yeah, the Japanese dub or whatever. Yeah, which is <laughs> traditionally that is considered the main dub since, you know. It's and I was like, Japanese. oh. So he said, look up American. And I was like, or English, okay. Yeah. Or English. And I looked it up and boom, there's everybody we need to see. And th- do you want to do you want to highlight probably the biggest name they'll recognize from voices now? Yeah, I think uh, the one that everyone will recognize is, of course, Giancarlo Esposito, a.k.a. Gustavo Fring from from Bear Call Saul and uh, Breaking Bad fame. Um Recently in Far Cry Six, um, yeah, and it's so it's so amazing how like Giancarlo has this vibe about him to where either live on screen or voiced in a game or an anime, it, the it's captured exactly to the essence of what the character he needs to play is. Mm-hmm. It's it's phenomenal work that he does. Yeah, like here he's kind of just a cruel businessman in a way direct and uncaring what it means to you just get the job done for him as he requests or there'll be hell for it um yeah i know the guy who plays david has done a lot of um a lot of video games here recently i know he did like scarlet nexus last year that was him he was in there i um, feel like the voice of maine i know i just don't <laughs> know where i know it from and that's voiced by william c stevens and that just reminded me that I'm going to look that up on the spot while we keep talking about it. But like, I know that voice. Like, William where did C. I know it Stevens? from? Yeah. Where do you know him from? Let's see. It says Battle for Azeroth. Oh, well, that would make sense then, right? Yeah, apparently. Oh, okay. He was in he had a little part in Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier, wherever that is. He had parts in. He was in uh, Last, Last of Us Part, part two. two. Yeah. He he apparently played Rude in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, he was in Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh dang! He's the voice of Jax for Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I, that night when he started talking, I was like, I know that voice. It's crazy. He's done a but lot. Yeah. yeah, it looks like he's done a lot of video game stuff. So I'm not not too shocked to hear that you recognize his voice to some degree, at least. 
Why didn't y'all tell me animes are sad AF? They are. Um, <laughs> yeah. They they generally do not end happy. Um, but I have to say, uh, without giving too much spoilers, I think this show just keeps ramping and ramping and ramping up. And I like when we got to like episode seven or eight, I was like, I don't know how much higher we can go from this. And it makes sense. Yeah, It feels like we're tweaking out a little bit, doesn't it? But man, that last episode is so crazy and delivers. As soon as I heard, heard one thing, I was like, Oh, they're bringing that in. See, and, and I, so for context, oh. Chris has finished it now. And if you want yeah. to watch this and you haven't, and you're a fan of anime or a fan of cyberpunk, like, what are you waiting on? Right. Yeah. But like for somebody like me who had a friend and say, Hey, you should watch this. You might like it. Um, I will tell you that it's doing a brilliant setup and around episode seven or eight, mm-hmm. something happens and you go, Oh, mm-hmm. that's going to be problematic. Uh, super awesome. I can't wait to see where it is. Chris, obviously, he's watched all 10. And, and what I started to say was, this is not going to be a heavy investment of your time. No. Each episode, they're, they're listed at somewhere around, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. I don't know the official. I don't even think it's that thing. They're like 25 minutes usually. But think about this. There's like an, they play an intro, right? Yeah. It's a full song. Mm-hmm. And they have an outro, which is also a really good song. Um, so it's kind of like watching an old school cartoon on TV mm-hmm. when they took commercial breaks. It's, it's, I, I can't tell you enough, man. You got to watch it. If you're a cyberpunk fan, uh, you got Netflix and you like animes <laughs> in that order. Just for that order. I will tell parents out there if you've got little kids, oh, yeah. um, you know, they don't hold back here. Like, you know, the, the world, the low world of, of, Night City is very dark and very gritty. Uh, and I don't just mean crime wise. I mean, in the sense of like, there are people just sitting on the streets with cybernetics on their, uh, on their units. And they are just, just playing old whack-a-mole, yeah, right? Yeah. Just going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do not care who is walking by them. <laughs> yeah. And, and you got to, the context of the world, like the fir- one of the first scenes you see of David, this is the, how the show kind of starts. Yeah. He kind of snaps out of being in a virtual world back to reality of the mundane uh, uh, life. You realize it's not what is in the virtual world. So you got to think full out, right? Think <laughs> about the just a world where there's cybernetics or whatever was the term you used. We're full internet. We're full. I feel I, like you know, it. I'm, I think, yeah, it, I think and, it does a better job of showing the metaverse in reality than uh, Ready Player One ever did. I, yeah, I think, yes, that's well said. And like Chris Chris warned me, he said, hey, when you first watch it, make sure Tinley's not in the room because one of the first episodes you see of the Doc, there's oh, a yeah. character called Doc, he's killing it, right? <laughs> Doc is killing it. Uh, but it, like I said, there's some very, very, very emotional moments in the show. There's some high moments. There's a lot of action, but there's also some very impactful emotional moments. Yeah, uh, it, it, that ends, I, it ends emotionally. I'm gonna it de- but it delivers, right? Oh yeah, I was. This like, is not a Sopranos ending. <laughs> that delivered for me personally. I know, I but know. you know what I mean. It, yeah, yeah. It, that was more for. Yeah, there's no cut the for interpretation. <laughs> yeah, no. No, the ending is pretty direct, but powerful, I think. Um, but yeah, 
I totally recommend this. Um, I'm not going to be John. I'm not going to not rate this. Um, well, well, before we get into rating, I do want to ask you a question. Sure. So Night City, Night City is the same city in 2077? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. And in, in, in 2077, you said Ar- Arasaka was there. Everything uh, is, that you saw. Militech, Militech is, is there. Everything is there? Oh, yeah. Everything that you see in that is pretty much in the game to some degree. Like I is said, this bo- you, like you mentioned this, the, uh, that the thing, Santa Vestin. Yeah, Sanderson. Uh, yeah, that you can is get. Is that a spoiler you, that I know about it now? No, I mean, you can literally get that and equip it to your character in Cyberpunk 2077. You can get that. You know how you've seen like where they have the Mantis things come yeah. out? You can get those. How, um, Big dude had it where he had the kind of big gorilla arms. You can have those. I mean, if you work towards it in this game, you could pretty yeah. much chrome yourself out however you want. You can. Well, that's see, cool that I'll at least have an awareness. Yeah. Uh, of what's in the video game from the anime, even though the anime, like once again, is a standalone show. So that's, sure. that's really, that's really cool. I mean, you could even, I mean, you can fight cyber psychosis if you want. You can, um, I think they even have added the David's outfit and stuff like that. that oh, you can cool. go get it now. Yeah. Yeah. David, David's outfit's pretty, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I've been going back to cyberpunk and I'm, you know, unfortunately like right now I got to play it for a little bit last week and unfortunately, because apparently Every game that is right now releasing is apparently living up to enough expectations that I'm willing to check it out. And B is probably a game I wouldn't mind playing. (laughs) I'm trying to try them all out right now. Um, (laughs) John knows what I'm playing as of today. Uh, Well, as of yesterday. And there's one coming out Friday I'm probably going to get. And maybe another one we'll see. So I don't know when I'm going to get back to Cyberpunk, but I really... And trying to make the goal to play through this kind of perfected out version of it, I guess, or like the most realized version of it that they're going to have for this. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. game. Um, and get ready for the DLC. And I think I said, this is a really good selling point for that game. Like if you like this environment, you will see this kind of stuff. If you <laughs> go around night city, it's, it's Yo, the it, best it literally sold me. Yeah. Night like city is the best thing in that game. <laughs> It's so awesome. I will tell you guys if uh, <clears throat> I didn't know if I'd find it like physical, mm. the game. So I'm at my local Walmart and it, they have tons of copies. And I kind of chuckled at that. I was like, of course they do. So I get it home. It's got all kind of good stuff in it. Like you don't get this kind of stuff in most regular editions of games anymore. Mm-hmm. Stickers, books, art, like all kind of stuff. <clears throat> and then I open it up. It's got two discs. It's a two disc install, which isn't new to anybody who bought it. It's new to me, though. It would be new for me because I downloaded it. Right. And I did, I put it on the Series X and it it still took a minute to download it. Yeah, I can see. There's a lot of stuff. Before we end, I do want to get this captured on audio. We had a first time chatter. Uh-oh. Zakora. Um, thank you so much for saying uh stopping by and saying hello. Hopefully hit that follow button. We actually don't have any follow notifications up while we're recording, just so it doesn't make crazy noises or what have you. Um, but yeah, good to have you here. Welcome to the community. 
Please and, let uh, someone follow right now. A little notification come up. <laughs> it'd be like, well, we were just kidding about that. <laughs> Good stuff. But the chat, it looks like we, we got some folks saying uh, they at least had seen it. Uh, one of them, SM, mentioned something very specific about the show. Yeah. So so SM has definitely watched it. We are a little late on this on this topic, right? It came out in September. We understand that. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of fit right into this little window of opportunity. And me and Chris thought it was a good time to bring it up. For sure. So, hey, if you end up checking it out, how about sending us uh, something on email or in our Discord or add us at tweet. Add us at tweet, huh? Add us at tweet. And if you don't, I'll send them. Add us at Twitter. <laughs> if you if you watch this and you don't, I'll send Adam Smasher after you. So there you oh, go. Oh, I know that lingo. I know what that means. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Chris, a minute ago, you were kind of re- ready to pull the car over and, and maybe give this to Richard. We were going to throw John some shade because John, for some reason, like he's afraid to just give something a rating. Yeah. Like, you well, know, he's afraid, know. as we've said here lately, he's just afraid to say the word 10. Like when you yeah. know he means 10, like what was it? He said recently? 9.95. Yeah. 9.789. What? <laughs> Can we just round up? John, just say 10, bro. Uh, he'll start. He, did he, he'll did he watch this? Uh, I don't think he would. This doesn't, I don't know. I, I would love it if John did watch it, but it doesn't scream something that did he's you think it screamed me i thought if you watched it you would just because i know you love edm and you love yeah you like be a cyberpunk yeah you love vaporware so i'm like yeah this is like, gonna, I'm, I'm like in dude let's do this yeah <laughs> for me personally i i gotta give it a 10 personally i'm dude i don't want to oversell it but it's just i don't yes. know how how much they could have done a better anime about cyberpunk yeah, and it hits. look, you're going to weigh my Richard because you kind of think I'm an anime noob, and I deserve that. That's fine. But for pure enjoyment, regardless of what genre this fits into, mm-hmm. absolutely a 10. Yeah. It goes, Probably one of the best series I've ever seen as far as an animated series ever. We'll just tell all the anime freaks at home, our new rankings for the greatest animes of all time. That's <laughs> That's four Attack on Titan. Three, One Punch Man, <laughs> two, Dragon Ball Z, and now the greatest ever, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, yeah, and we've watched Castlevania, but we're not putting that on the list. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, One Punch, I've wa- I've really watched some One Punch Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've played the Dragon Ball Z video game, and now I've, I've watched this. This is amazing. I mean, Cowboy Bebop is okay, but this <laughs> is easily way better than that or Ghost in the Shell. Um, Akira <laughs> just keep going down this list Gundam Wing good. Gundam <laughs> yeah Gundam. Gundam. Gundam style not the same Sean song no not no. the same song Sean no. that's that's South Lord. Korea Sean yeah the Lord ham and cheese yeah. but Chris it was a pleasure man I appreciate you throwing this my way you you seem to know when to give me something that's that's good you know yeah um <laughs> I got a text from a friend who apparently is watching and said, missing so many good animes. I don't know anymore. Pokemon. <laughs> is that, is that Troll alert. Avatar Airbender. <laughs> All up the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents The News. News! 
news. 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 <laughs> yeah, John's not here, but, you know, being the captain of the news team, we still got ourselves some nice, fresh news to bring. So fresh, I'm going to read something, and as soon as I'm done with it, it's already old news because we have new news to replace that. New news. What I'm talking about is acting woe. So let's get into that a little bit. You may have seen this. Helena Taylor, who is the original voice actor behind Bayonetta and, of course, Bayonetta 2, has shared that she did not reprise her role because she was only offered $4,000 to do so. In light of this, she has asked fans to boycott the game and to donate to charity instead. Uh, The actress actually took to Twitter to share her thoughts via video. Here's what the quote of what she said is. The Bayonetta franchise made an approximated $450 million, and that's not including merchandise. As an actor, I trained for a total of seven and a half years, three years at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art Lambda with voice coach Barbara Berkery, and four and a half years with the legendary Larry Moss in Los Angeles. The final offer to do the whole game as a buyout, flat rate, was $4,000. This is an insult to me. The amount of time I took to work on my talent and everything that I've given to this game and to the fans. That's the end of the quote. Taylor in 2018 told a Nintendo podcast that she recorded her lines for both previous games over four days with each session lasting four hours, meaning the minimum $4,000 payout rate would line up with industry standards. Hideki Kamiya responded via Twitter saying, Sad and deplorable, deplorable, sorry, about the attitude of untruth. That's what I can, that's what all I can tell now. By Mm. the way, beware of my rules. Okay. It's also (laughs) important to note that Helena Taylor violated an NDA to come forward. Uh So there you go. Instantly old news though, Chris. Instantly old news. Well, there's at least some more details with this. Gotcha. um, Okay. Saying that. Looks like she was offered at least fifteen thousand to reprise her uh, her role instead of only four thousand. A new report by Bloomberg, which has since been uh, corroborated by VGC, cites documentation as well as two people familiar with negotiations who say that Platinum attempted to hire Taylor for five sessions lasting four hours apiece, each of which would have been three thousand. Uh, been between three and four thousand dollars per session, according to VGC. This would have been a significant increase on Taylor's fee from the second game. Uh, going on with this, uh, Taylor called that report an absolute lie in statements to both Bloomberg and VGC, claiming Platinum was trying to save their eh, 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 dirty word. Uh, <laughs> And the game. She also stands by everything in the video. I would like to put this whole bloody franchise behind me, quite frankly, and get on my life in theater. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see here. Uh, trying to make sure I get everything. Um, voice actors across the industry shared their support for Taylor. Um, and then finally, is Jennifer Hale who's playing her in this one? I'm guessing. I think that might be why. Uh, yeah. Um, Jennifer Hale, who is probably, I think she's pretty well known as the voice of Femship 
for Mass Effect, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. But she wrote a post and just said, with regards to Bayonetta 3, as a longtime member of the voice acting community, I support every actor's right to be paid well and have advocated consistently for this for years. Anyone who knows me or followed my career will know I have great respect for my peers and that I am an advocate for all members of the community. I'm under an NDA and cannot, and I'm not at liberty to speak uh, regarding this situation. My reputation speaks for itself. I sincerely ask that everyone keep that in mind that this is a game that has been created by an entire team of hardworking, dedicated people. And I hope everyone will keep that in mind uh, about what they've created. Finally, I hope that everyone involved may resolve their differences with amicable and respectful way. Love and respect to you all. Sincerely, Jennifer Hale. So that tweet got 73,000 likes and 8,000 retweets. Yeah. And over a thousand quoted. And it's literally updating as I talk. So yeah. there you go. Um, Cause she's like, wait a minute. I am totally, I understand we need to get paid, but at the same time, bro, I'm on this game now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying, um, I don't know what to think. You know, it's it's hard to know all the facts, right? Um, yeah, it probably falls somewhere in between. Yeah, uh, everything. I do want to say that. I mean, for doing a total of voice acting that comes out to what I guess twenty hours worth of voice acting, and think you only make fifteen thousand potentially, even for. A game that she said like earned well over four hundred fifty million. Yeah, it's like, it's like I get, I get it. It's not the same as a movie per se. <laughs> like I don't think she should be getting you know a hundred million. But you're like, really, man? We can't, we can't slip them like fifty five grand or something like that for this, dude. All I know is this: like, I know it's probably skewed from the schematics, sure. But like, soccer players get a gajillion dollars, and they're just like random defensive substitute guy <laughs> you know and i understand a soccer club like um, from an english soccer standpoint they're generating this all this money but i'm like some kind of way the math has to work out where they get paid more than like fifteen thousand for a game that's going to make a lot of money i don't know because a terrible voice actor can kind of ruin the experience and and that that can become word of mouth yeah and people just talk about how bad the game is um <laughs> And something just, I mean, what's his face has fought like that. He fought with Epic and Microsoft. Uh, dude does Marcus Phoenix, um, John, oh, yeah. John DiMaggio. Um, you know, it, it's just because of that. it's like, it's a very natural thing. Like if you're Troy Baker, yes, you make a lot of money now, you know, uh, because you've had some very recognizable things. Same with Nolan North, but I would imagine for a lot of people like, it's not crazy to think that's at most 15,000. It might be more like $4,000 despite putting in basically half a week's work on a game. You know? Yeah. That's uh, the thing. I'm sorry. If my camera just moved Twitch, sure. but that's the thing you're going to put in minimal work, but the game's going to make so much money. Some kind of way, something is it, is it right? Like, do yeah. they need to work it out? I don't, I don't, I don't want to be in those shoes, but I, that's a good line of work, man. Sure. I think if you got a good voice, you can make you some dollars, but maybe it's just not enough. I don't know. True. I don't know. It's probably fine, man. You, dude, 30 FPS is probably fine. That's not true. What are we, what are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> Gotham Knights will arrive on console with no, no performance mode, electing to run only at 30 frames per second. 
The news was shared by executive producer Fleur Marty. That's a name. Stating. That's a good name, right? Uh, quote, I don't, I, I'm sorry. I know many of you are wondering about the availability of a performance mode for Gotham Knights on consoles. Due to the types of features we have in our game, like providing a fully untethered co-op experience in our highly detailed open world, it's not as straightforward as lowering the resolution and getting a higher FPS. For this reason, our game does not have a performance slash quality toggle option and will run at 30 frames per second on consoles. That, I don't buy that. That's <laughs> uh, what she said, man. Because if, I you're host, trust if you're hosting the game, you could have the person say, well, are we going to, you know, uh, are we going to focus on performance or are we going to focus on graphical fidelity? And you could easily just say that's the case for both of them. but. I, I still, that's like saying we're playing Call of Duty online, Sean, and we're doing the campaign together, and it can't handle the difference between me wanting a quality mode and you wanting a performance mode. That just doesn't make sense. I, I, and I know this is probably a smaller studio, smaller scale, but like I instantly thought of, I don't know, playing like Final Fantasy online or World of Warcraft online cooperatively with way more players who have different settings on consoles and computers collectively. I mean, I've played Rocket League with Josh. Yeah. Where I'm running exactly. you know, 165 hertz, and he's running at best 60 because he's playing yeah. on a console from last generation. And he's got like the OG, like office issued keyboard and mouse. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Cause that's what Josh does. I, I don't know. Um, it just sounds like they were like, Oh, let's, not worry about it. Let's just put it to the basic of the lowest console, um, which I'm not sure if this is on Switch. It might be. Maybe it's because of the S, uh, Series S, but I don't know. I'm wait, uh, This is a wait and see game for me, and the more we get closer to it, the vibes I'm getting is, hey, Chris, wait till Steam sale. So <laughs> whenever yeah. I do get it, I'll probably will get it on PC just for that reason now, just because I, I have a hard time playing at 30 FPS. Yeah, you and and I used to think you were a spoiled guy, mm-hmm. and then slowly, eventually, you were you you kind of was like, all right, Sean, yeah, you let me get like a two K monitor, or you let me get to see things on kind of my own, and I'm like, yeah, this one, looks really good. Once you start gaming a certain, <laughs> you know, it's like even here, I started playing Stale the other day on um, your TV on my Series X, and that was fine. You know, it ran dynamically. I would say between forty and sixty frames, depending on what was going on. And I could tell it scales, you know, it's not 4K, but it would scale probably between 2 and 4K somewhere there to try to target that. But as much as I like that, I still paused in the moment I could play it on my PC. I went there. Why? Because I could play it at, given it's going to always be at around 100 frames per second. So I don't ever yeah. have to worry about my graphic fidelity dropping on that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, sorry, I, I switched over to our Discord because for some reason it didn't, the Discord live notification didn't go out. So I put, we're live or whatever. <laughs> um, and then Punkhead put a, like a meme that's, it's a, I don't know what kind of monkey that is, but it's holding a flip phone with an antenna and it just says, new phone, who this? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so that's why your boy chuckled. Uh, but Chris, I didn't mean to showcase our Discord quite yet. You know, uh, that's my bad. I forgot we were in news. 
Well, that's a showcase you care about. Unlike this other showcase. Oof, that would be wrong. Hey, John. Miss you. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) Capcom will be releasing a new showcase on Thursday, October 20th at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's 6 p.m. here. Uh, The showcase will feature the latest updates, trailers, and more for the Resident Evil series. Both Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil Village are highlighted on the showcase's official website. They have an official website for the showcase. Wow. Like thought most people just put the YouTube live stream link up and you know, you just get <laughs> ready for it. But I don't know. Very little is known about the upcoming remake of resident evil four, which was announced back in June. So expect a deeper dive there. Perhaps we'll get a very brief tease of resident evil nine for release of 2025. John apparently on the onside track here knows when everything's releasing. Ooh. <laughs> that's awesome mm-hmm. um, uh, I wonder if he's excited about this showcase if that's why I put it in here for sure I mean but it's also Resident Evil 4 is like the most popular Resident Evil I think you know might not yeah. be the highest selling because of how things change but I definitely think it's the most popular like legacy of all of them um, so I hope it's good I it would definitely get me to play it so wouldn't take much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I was gonna I was gonna fire up the old seven in VR the other day, and I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. I can't do that I'm by myself. Games are scary. Mm. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? But it's too big to fail. You're probably not wrong. What? Uh, so the next two stories we're gonna talk about, and you're gonna hear Activision Blizzard, right? Uh, but they are two different stories. So True. I'm gonna start off with this first one, and we'll see how this works. Okay. Xbox's strategy for defending its Activision Blizzard acquisition is nothing if not creative. In response to concerns that were raised by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, Microsoft stated this. The suggestion that incumbent market leader, that the incumbent market leader, sorry, with clear and enduring market power could be foreclosed by the third largest provider as a result of losing access to one title is not credible. In short, Sony is not vulnerable to a hypothetical foreclosure strategy, and the referral decision incorrectly relies on self-serving statements from Sony, which significantly exaggerate the importance of Call of Duty to it and neglect to account for Sony's clear ability to competitively respond. While Sony may not have welcomed increased competition, it, it has the ability to adapt and compete. Gamers will ultimately benefit from this increased competition and choice. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing that John's not here this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, this would probably take another hour. Probably. I would say, I think it, it's kind of what I said before, right? And it's it, it echoes what they have been saying to Brazil. And a lot of ours, like, this does not make sense that this is a monopoly in any way, right? Like, yeah. how is it that you could say the, that even after we make this deal, we'd only be the third biggest and somehow now that's going to kill it. Like, or that just this one game is like, so let me ask them if, if this deal didn't go through tomorrow, right? If it actually fell apart and then Microsoft went around their backs and paid billions of dollars in exclusivity to Fortnite, apex roblox 
and and Call of Duty online and cut them out that way, that would be a much more damaging thing, I think, to Sony on the whole than just this. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Yeah. They they checked all the boxes and did the things they're supposed to do to to make sure the the deals reach these certain you know checkpoints they need to make as far as being legal. Yeah, uh, and it feels kind of it feels kind of weird that Sony's saying or at least attempting to say the kind of things they're saying, which is making Microsoft to yeah you know um, have to defend itself. Uh, there, I guess the thing is like, what if though? So there's a hypothetical what if? What if they buy it? And then it does turn into this monopoly and then gaming's ruined forever and we can all circle back to that moment. People are scared that that might be a thing, I guess. I don't know. Would Call of Duty really be the thing that creates the monopoly? Right. I think Fortnite right. would be the thing that creates the monopoly Yeah, it's at more. This point. You, you highlighted some other games that, yeah, there are going to be a bunch of players on Sony and, and Xbox that play those games. Mm-hmm. And if you all got them to one, hypothetically, right, it's more something like that. Yeah. I don't know. We digress because, you know, Jonathan is not here and there's not a, a, you know, another voice to, to weigh in. That kind of sucks, but he was more on not the Chris side, right? Right, Chris? Well, I think he understands it from, he definitely thinks that Sony at some points has made some kind of like what the hell type statements. I think he just like took issue, whatever, when last week or whenever it was two weeks ago, I was just like. I'm tired of this beast BS because that's what it is at this point. It's hip. Yeah. Yo, it's hypocritical. And I'm like, I'm not acting like Microsoft doesn't do business things. They do like, yeah, but the, it's hypocritical to act like someone in this is an innocent. I'm like, no, these guys make business decisions. They're going to keep doing it. Let them make it. The market will be fine. You know, it's going to be fine. Sony's not going anywhere. Yeah, as gamers, we don't want that. What we yeah. also don't want, Chris, hot is water. to hear news like we're about. Yeah, we don't want hot water splashed on us, or a uh, and not like literal hot water, but like you know, proverbial hot water. Can you talk oh, about that? Sure. Activision Blizzard has received another sexual harassment lawsuit alleging sexual battery, failure to prevent harassment, gender discrimination. Uh, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. News comes, by the way, of the Daily Mail, in which the plaintiff is identified as Jane Doe. The lawsuit was filed with the L.A. Superior Court and claimed, quote, Activision Blizzard is a massive video game company with a massive sexual harassment problem. Doe is seeking an undisclosed amount of compensation, punitive damages, and the removal of CEO Bobby Kotick. I we don't yeah. know how this is going to play out. Obviously, we we bring it up because of how much of a hot topic this is. Mm. Uh, I, I don't I, think it's good PR if it's something that's real and there is an actual story that comes out of it and somebody is hurt. Yeah. We don't want that. Um, I kind of feel like John would say, like, well, what if it is nothing? We need to wait and see kind of approach. Uh, I don't know if we'd even bring back that this kind of stuff, if it keeps rearing its ugly head, is going to mess up the acquisition from Microsoft's standpoint. I don't think that's the case at all because Microsoft is going to clean house and corporatize the heck out of that junk. I'll tell you that much. Day they get it, Phil just writes a check to every victim and goes, okay, we're done with this and 
this was our we we bought this company. Yeah. Here is a check from us. This company now is, has standards. You know, they're going to be doing things a certain way, spreadsheets and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean, who knows? Um, my guess is if that there's any truth to this or any worry from Activision, they'll settle at some point because that's what you want to do instead of, I don't know, going to court and having all your laundry aired out again. And there's been yeah, plenty of evidence for, that that's coming. For me, the the weird part, and I, I don't know the case, I didn't see the, yeah, you know, what they're seeking. But if it is actually stated they want Bobby Kotick removed specifically. That's probably not going to happen. That's probably not going to happen. And it's also kind of, I go, huh, what's the angle on that? You know, uh, but I just, I have to see how this plays out. We, you never know. True. Um, another thing we don't like to see, and this would be for any of you guys or us or anything would be, of course, layoffs. Unless layoffs. it was Bobby Kotick, then that might've been okay. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's Bobby Kotick, right? <laughs> uh, and Microsoft has laid off hundreds Ooh. of staff members across multiple departments. Uh, less than 1,000 were laid off across multiple divisions that are thought to include Xbox and the Office of the Chief Technology Officer. According to an email, this is hard to do. There are lots of ideas that could potentially have an impact, and each of us has worked very hard. But we must make trade-offs as resources are not unlimited, and time is the scarcest of them all. Like all companies, we evaluate our business priorities on a regular basis and make structural structural adjustments accordingly. We will continue to invest in our business and hire in key growth areas in the year ahead. Corporate. Your badge no longer works. <laughs> By the way, if you got this, you're one yeah. of those people. Yeah. You don't have access to anything anymore. Yeah, you don't want layoffs. And, and, and like Chris just said, corporate world. It can happen. You can start hearing whispers of it and get ready for it, or it can come out of nowhere. And that's part of the deal. Anyone who works there, great benefits, but you are a cog in a machine and you should never forget it. That's a good question from our chat. D white dynamite says, did they find out by email or by Twitter? I think it's hoping it was the email. It says according to an email. So, so I think we, we got hold halt. Of the email by somebody who leaked it, obviously. Yeah. And somebody was very well, angry when they leaked it. I'm sure the person that the people got laid off probably got notified by the HR rep telling him, say, can you step in here for a minute? I'm sure everyone who did not get laid off found out by the email they got telling him why they yeah. had to do it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's generally how that goes. Um, well, maybe they'll get more success with with stuff here soon so that they don't have to, you know, lay anyone else off in the near future. That would be good. That would be good. Success, by the way, is where it's at. Speaking of success, Overwatch <laughs> 2 has reached over 25 million players in its first 10 days and has already achieved a daily player base uh, spread near even across uh, EMEA, Asia, in the Americas, that's nearly triple the previous daily player peak from the original Overwatch. That is corporate speak at its finest. Wow. Uh, despite the issues, <laughs> players continue to show up. Quote, the launch of Overwatch 2 has been such an important moment for Blizzard. We're thrilled to bring new players from around the world uh, to into Overwatch's vibrant universe while 
welcoming back the existing Blizzard community. This is only the beginning. At some point, I'm going to play this. I just don't know. But I thought it was a hot mess express when it started. I think it was the first couple of days. And they got, yeah. remember, they got DDoS attacked. Yes, they did. That's yeah. yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. So then they kind of tighten all that up, and now they're rocking and rolling. Huh? For sure. For sure. Yeah, we probably should play it at some point. I feel like we had a listener, and I want to say it was uh, our friend from work, son, that used to listen to us. Mm-hmm. I thought he was big on Overwatch. Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. If y'all are big on Overwatch, if y'all checked it out, let us know. Yeah. Uh, should we get up there and start, you know, just working fools? I don't know. Let's see what happens. Probably not. We'll probably get worked. We'll probably, dude, we'll probably get worked. I think I'm doing great healing, you know? And it's like, dude, why aren't you healing better? You've died 25 times. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Um, we got some, we're going to switch gears now um, and talk about Nintendo. Yeah. You should never settle. Uh, yeah. Never, by the way, that's, that's true. Never settle. But Nintendo did. So here we go. The former QA worker who alleged uh, firing from Nintendo for asking about unionization, you guys remember that story we brought you a couple weeks ago, has reached a settlement with the company and staffing agency, Aston Carter. Aston Carter will pay QA worker Mackenzie Clifton 20, wait, how do I say this? $25,910 in back pay damages, and interest, and will also take liability for the complaint filed with the National Label 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 Labor National Label Board. (laughs) National Label. Nintendo must also each email one um, of the QA testers currently employed with an outline of their rights Hmm. under the National Labor Relations Act. One party claimed confidential information was disclosed while Clifton claimed it was her inquiries into unionization. Hmm. I don't feel like it's a lot of money, but that's DJ speak. I guess it's just one of those things where if you're them, maybe it's, it's like, Hey, there's no guarantees. The longer we go on this and they're for them, they're like, Hey, we'll pay you for what you have lost for a year. So basically, you just got a severance, right? That might be why. I don't know. Um, Wait. Hmm? Yeah, I I don't know, mate. Dude, that's just not that's not a salary for you. Think you think a QA makes a salary? Uh, well, no, it just says in back pay. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in know. general, from the moment they quit. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe I just didn't read that quite right. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who's in control of my mind right now, dude? I'm I'm saying things like, crazy. It it's kind of one of those things where think about it, like I don't think there's a big legal problem with taking liability with the complaint from the National Labor Relations Board because you'd have to have something that was widespread. And I don't know if the national labor's relations board is actually a governing body that can enforce financial crimes or fines, I should say on them. So that's not an issue for them to take it to just admit, fine, we messed up in this. Uh, And then on the other side of it to just be like, we have to email our people a copy of their rights under the act and, and pay this one person $25,000, which Probably given how much Nintendo's lawyers cost would be 
pretty easy to surpass. They're like, sign the Yeah, they'll just, here you let's, go, go away. We'll, we'll let's move on. tighten this up. Yeah. I remember the news being big because it was a Nintendo-specific yeah. firing because of unionization and all of that stuff. So Yeah. There you go. I don't know. It they, looks like they got back in control of this situation. You know, we no longer have to ask who's in control, basically. S- speaking of controllers. What? What? The DualSense Edge is the new premium controller for the PS5 and will be released on January 26th for PlayStation 5. Uh, we already said PlayStation 5, but, you know, new sometimes likes to repeat itself. Yeah, hey, John, you're not here to defend yourself. Um, so you suck. Yes. Uh, and it will cost a cool $199. Pre-orders will open up on Tuesday, October 25th. That's a week from today when we're recording, Sean. I see that. Yeah. The package will come with a controller, a USB braided cable, two standard caps, two high dome caps, two low dome dome caps, two half dome back buttons, two lever back buttons, connector housing, and a carrying case. In other news, you will also be able to customize your Xbox Elite controller via the Xbox Design Lab. I checked that out this afternoon. I think I need some high dome. What? Uh... What are high dome caps and low dome? Like, what is all that, Chris? That's what does that mean? Like, explain that to the uh, average non, you know, sporty controller. So guy. these are kind of right here would be considered the, I guess, the two standard caps for the Xbox, right? Yeah, They're not particularly high. High dome would be higher up, and okay. I think so because it's just high. It doesn't mean the 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 arch of the. The uh, they can, depending on them. I haven't seen them yet. But then, yeah, the low would be extremely low to the controller. So, gotcha. Yeah, and then the back buttons. Xbox has four, and it sounds like there's going to be two for the PlayStation. Um, so we'll see. Um, so I, it's that's it's a, about what I expected it to be, given how much the Series X, like the full or the Series S, uh, Elite controller cost with the full package not i know they have the more discounted one that doesn't have all the different change outs right away that goes for 149 dollars, i think but with everything right now even after being out for two years these still usually cost around between 170 and uh 200 just depending on the price at the now time. is the controller wired uh, I believe it's wireless, but it comes with a very nice usb braided cable because well, if it's wired that would be whack yeah right i mean kind of like how these are like this has a really nice i, I don't know how well you could tell um, yeah it's, it's got some girth to it it's girth it's braided <laughs> it's got like this really nice green yeah it's wireless wrap. for sure the reason i asked yeah. that is our uh our chat was saying is it going to come with a charging cable is it yes. wired blah 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 yeah that's what that braided cable is it's gonna be more of a charging cable that you can keep hooked all the time if you want to yeah, but if you want to kick back and get some high dome caps on your controller, you know, you don't. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think the high domes might be actually con concave instead of concavities. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> what? Are you gonna get um, dual sense edge? Are you gonna buy me one for Christmas? Well, one, it's not gonna be out by Christmas, Sean. You stupid person. You can pre order it for me. <laughs> um, but. No, I'm probably not going to run out there and get, I just don't, I mean, we've talked about this, like it, it's nothing against them. 
I do not use my PlayStation five that much. And I don't think it's like you did something wrong. PlayStation. It's just, that's just where your, your gaming avenues just made a little turn. And yeah. And I mean, if my choices were probably this versus this dual sense edge for even PC, I'd still go this way because I just love the way an Xbox controller feels in my hand. Yeah, you do. You named your Richard Xbox controller. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it, buddy. Uh, Well, we got one more. Because you didn't re-download the news, apparently. No, I got it right here. I just, you got to say the thing. Oops. Yeah. (laughs) Finally. So, uh, fun fact, this was going to be the entire topic this week, but now it's just the last little piece of news. Right? <laughs> it was going to be a little more than this, okay? It was going to be a little been. more. But we're talking about the MetaQuest and how pricey it is, right? During last week's MetaConnect keynote, I just feel so, I'm sorry. I don't mean any disrespect. It just feels weird to say things like Meta. Officially unveiled the MetaQuest Pro. <laughs> it's like uh, the guy who names his place, like, you know, like he makes chicken sandwiches, but he yeah. like somehow got the chicken sandwich Twitter. And he's <laughs> like, I'm Mr. Chicken Sandwich or whatever, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I know what you're saying. And yes, I get those vibes. It's fine. I'll just read it. Just read what's on the words there, right. Sean. Meta officially unveiled the MetaQuest Pro. This is a $1,499.99 VR headset that is designed specifically for work, not gaming, okay? That's why your boy hasn't dropped $1,500 yet. Uh, Releasing on October 25th, that again is next (laughs) Tuesday, the Quest Pro is powered by Snapdragon's XRS Plus platform. Mm. It claims to have 37% more pixels per inch and 10% greater pixels per degree than the MetaQuest 2. Thank God, because that's like a gajillion dollars more. Uh, use, uses, uh, it uses pancake-shaped lenses and a curved cell battery on the rear, making it this, Chris, the slimmest and most balanced VR device ever made and that is per meta oh wow the touch pro controllers offer built-in sensors on each controller which allows the device to fully track your position in a 3d space i will tell you this if you haven't seen anything about the MetaQuest pro and you're like well sean you like vr or whatever this is not that kind of vr yeah um they got a whole deal about it you can watch what it does and chris and i were like wondering who would use this i don't know who like outside of, <laughs> I guess people with money to kill, right? That like they're the same people that somehow went when Microsoft Surface got announced or Google Lens got announced. They just go out and they freely spend whatever the yeah. amount is. Then they don't think about it. They're like, I gotta be the first to try the thing. <sighs> I just, I for everyone else, I'm like, why is the business gonna buy this? Like. I, I'm a company and I, I'm a, you know, I'm a tech company and I'm in, 
in San Francisco, California, somewhere in Palo Alto. My rent is already extremely high. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not Google yet. I'm, I'm just trying to get somewhere. You're schmoogle. Yeah. I'm just trying to get an investor to come in. Well, I've got 10 employees. We're all working on this together. We've all put her back in. We probably all got some sort of investment into our byline saying that if the company hits big, we're going to make some money. What we need right now. Well, we should go and spend close to $15,000 before tax to make sure that all 10 of us have a MetaQuest Pro headset so that we can do our work in the metaverse and have 3D or operational boards. Or we could just do what every other freaking startup tech company does in Palo Alto, rent a freaking house and have a whiteboard somewhere for us to work our deals out and our uh, all of our thoughts out, right? You know, as far as how we're programming something. Uh, I mean... Uh, no one wants this. I think this isn't going to grow your stupid meta quest verse or metaverse. I think like the most thing they were excited about with the metaverse. I saw the other day, Sean is that now they have legs in the metaverse. You can have legs. Zuckerberg got legs. They got legs, bro. They're freaking I mean, le- they're Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> in the metaverse. Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. I got That's new legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. It's just oh, uh, uh, you love VR. All, I, I do love VR. And uh what did I do? I've done something. I've done something. I shouldn't have clicked that button. But yeah, just I don't have a need for it. I, I have yeah. I'm excited for like PSVR 2. I got, uh, you know, MetaQuest 2, kind of can play my games wirelessly, kind of boot into my PC if I want to crank up some power. That's all I need right now. Um, and until you show me what the next, I think they do have something ready for the next version of what the gaming VR is going to look like. But right now, I don't think they're in a hurry to show it because of the success of MetaQuest 2. So, well, then it's the prices are higher now, right? So, even like I would imagine the the next meta quest three i guess right let's call it that it wouldn't be too shocking to think that the top version of that could sell for 700 dollars because of price increases so we'll have to see i just i don't know my, my bigger thing is like it's not so much the vr technology because i do think vr will play a place over time as as we get more advanced and you can have more features and it can get lighter, go for longer, right? Um, but at the same time, I just, as far as a metaverse is concerned, I do not see any universe where it is led by corporate stuff, like doing the Microsoft route of selling Excel, Office, and Windows to every business in the world, right? The metaverse will be built by consumers, and it will probably be built primarily through entertainment. And then from there, as businesses see money to be made, they will latch in kind of like how everything in the internet works and probably kill it. <sighs> Got new legs. Got new legs. And my <laughs> I'm still chuckling, man. I still got the chuckle. You want to oh, wrap man. this up? Never. Yeah. John was here, he'd probably say just to be safe.
electronic mail from the future. So this is the part of the show that you make, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you actually decide our future because if we have no emails that we select to read, usually because we don't have any emails, we get thanos and we're done. We're toast, right? If you know Thanos, you know what's up. Uh, but I also worry about you as fans because what just happened in our Twitch chat is mind-boggling to me, Chris. They started quoting Hot Tub Time Machine stuff. I give them the song from the movie, and they think I'm I'm being mean to them. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, wait a minute, guys. I didn't call you that. You're not that. <laughs> and then I had to like fact. I was like, that was hot. T- t- it is. Right? It is. Yes. And I was like, boys. Whenever his son so starts, we're about to get one star. They're about to. We're about to be canceled, bro. Whenever the one kid starts talking, they just start going, yeah. <laughs> I was about to get banned. All the things. <laughs> and no one likes you. Uh, so here's the deal. We have an email. It's weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Uh, we got a few we're going to read today. And if you want to be a part of that conversation and save the snap, uh, you can do so by just sending us an email. It's nice. If if you've never written one, but you've listened to this show, you know we're, we love your email. So why wouldn't you write more? You get busy. I know. True. I know. Chris, we got a few. I think you should probably read the first one. Because I saw my name in it. Yeah. It's uh, weird when I read my own name. The title of this is the Anti-Snap. Anti-Snap. And it's from our head boy. Head boy! Nacho. Uh, just to write in after last week's episode and let Sean know he's not going loony and he did, in fact, own a physical copy of Horizon Zero Dawn. Right! In fact, it was quite famous on the show as being opened live per my demands after I victoriously won it in the 300th episode giveaway where it now sits in the center of my games display, along with the three of you fine gentlemen signatures. Also, as long as I am alive, the mad Titan and Chris will never succeed game on snapperation 3000. You will never succeed. This is sent from John's tarry bumhole and sent oh, from no. John's broken bidet with hearts. Oh no. Oof. Well, yeah, I, uh, Nacho, it wasn't. I think it was. I know I had that game. I know I had two copies because I had a greatest hits and I got the one I never opened. And you got that one. This yeah. was the new Horizon game that I still to this day don't. I, I, no. I got nothing. <laughs> I finally booted up the PlayStation 5, like the one that sounds like a hairdryer. And I looked at it and it's there's a disc missing. Where did it go? Who has my game? Maybe Alejandro. <laughs> Maybe Alejandro. Um, who knows? Yeah. But Alejandro, the title of this email is Face the Music. Oh, no, Chris. Ooh. We are in trouble. Oh, no. Uh, gentlemen, two weeks ago, we established that you don't review sports video games because they suck. Not true. But what about music-based games? For example... Crypt of the Necro Dancer, Beat mm. Saber, or Tetris Effect. Maybe John and Sean got no rhythm, but where's my man Sean the DJ? Uh, okay. The point is, what are your thoughts regarding musical video games? Melodically yours, Alejandro, and this is sent from Alejandro's Microsoft Zune MP3 player. Fun I fact, had, Chris, is, Chris is fave. I had one. 
um, so we did actually review Crypt of the Necro Dancer, the Zelda one, right? Is that what that one is? Correct. And we reviewed Tetris Effect. Yeah. Beat Saber, we never did. But yeah. Chris and I specifically, now we can't speak for John, but we love music games. Yes. Um, Chris turned me on to a game from a some old hardware called the Xbox Connect. And there was a game uh, where you were going to be like underwater and all kind of stuff. It was going to be great. But that's how long ago we've been in games. As a matter of fact, uh, the story goes that my entire existence as a DJ, in a funny way, came from DJ Hero. You're not wrong. Um, so we, we like Rock Band. We have magical stories from that. It's just that uh, well, what we try to do is highlight I can we can at least say this right Chris we try to always you and I for sure uh, and I think John does to a point to highlight if a if a game's music really is yeah. a star of that game yeah um, there's just not a ton of musical games that right. like I mean yeah there's there's kind of things that build into it but I don't know it if this podcast had started in 2007 we probably would have been covering Every guitar hero, every rock band, uh, yeah. DJ hero, um, you know. What's the game last year that I played? Very short game, kid with glasses. He plays a guitar. He goes. To oh Spain. man, yeah, that was good. Uh, art, the artful escape. That artful was a really escape. Good, yeah, yeah, that one was strictly music based for sure. Uh, if you missed that episode, that was one I think Chris covered, and then it ended up being in my one of my game of the years. Mm-hmm. So. There you go. Yeah. Alejandro, you always have great topics and great emails. And I know you listen to us as you walk back and forth, I think, from like place to place for work. We appreciate you very much uh, for sure. And Chris, we're going to read one more. Yes, we are. It right. is from Joe. Joe. He says, greetings. Is hey. The name of the email. Hi, fellas. What up? Thanks always for your great content and for keeping us all entertained. Did any of you watch the Beetlejuice cartoon that was around in the early 1990s? I have this memory of watching it, and there was the story of Moby Dick, but they called it Moby <laughs> Richard. <laughs> I suppose those writers also like to throw around the old Richard term, too. Uh, by the way, I cast my vote for the name of the console that came before the Nintendo 64 uh, the Super Nintendo. Ralph Williams says, hi, Lisa. Hi, Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> he does not say, hi, SNES Chalmers. That's funny. Uh, thanks for all, <laughs> Joe. Uh, Joe, I, I, can, I can confirm I used to watch the Beetlejuice morning cartoon as well. Did you think about it before Joe's email? Since I, the last time you thought I about it? I did not remember know? that there was an episode where they said Moby Richard. I did not remember that. I just God, remember. That would be fantastic to find. It was actually, I watched probably the animated cartoon before I ever saw the movie. I did not even realize there was a movie until I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old when I finally discovered it. That's what, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to switch gears over to Twitter, the Twitterverse, ladies and gentlemen. Eli Musk is going to own us soon, but for now, you can find us at Weekly Game Chat on Twitter. We're going to go right to our DMs. I have no idea what this is. We're just going to say what's up. Oh, oh, this is from uh, Tony uh, X Trotter. Tony has actually uh, had some really good DMs to us over here. So let's read this one. This was uh, sent today, recording day, about an hour and a half ago. Just wanted to say you guys rule and have my favorite Richards in all of gaming. 
if we're not getting an NBA 2K23 episode, can Griff give his thoughts? Can Chris give his thoughts real quick? I've been wondering about it. Thanks and game on. I'm going to. Give to that a like. You can hear those on the episode that's coming out on December <laughs> 31st while Sean is away and has <laughs> no idea that's what I'm doing. That's so funny. Uh, we were notified on some other things, but just like, you know, nothing that I'm going to really highlight here. I don't think we got a new follower this week. That's always one of my favorite things to do. Uh, oh, we do. Oh, we do. There you go. Uh, we got followed by at unmasked underscore official. Uh, and this is the official Twitter account for Unmask, which is a Christian media project. Hit that follow, follow you right on back. That's what's up. If you guys want to do that, of course, you can find us at Weekly Game Chat on Twitter. Uh, and finally, we do have a Discord. I've mentioned that a few times during the show. You probably already know about it, but just in case you don't, uh, we can get you there if you find, if you like reach out to us and stuff like that. Uh, apparently, somebody new joined today, and that Ooh. was George987. George. Uh, uh, so, what's up, George? Uh, you actually, I just said hello to you. You you showed up yesterday. Uh, in the email section, we will from time to time read emails. Um, and so this is going to be the last thing we read today as far as from you guys. This is from Old Man Draven. <laughs> uh, question for you guys. Do you think if the Activision deal doesn't go through that Microsoft will just start throwing money at developers to grab games away from Sony? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think Chris kind of highlighted to that 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 could be the alter alter the other play really. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? exactly? Like they're like, okay, okay, you think you think we were trying to monopolize it? Okay, <laughs> you know what? Ubisoft stay an independent company. We are just going to go ahead and give you X amount of dollars to make sure that all of your games are on our console for twelve months before going anywhere else. So, yeah, they yeah, will do it. Just, and like, and what got, was the big one? I said, I said, watch them go. Just buy the rights, the exclusivity rights to Fortnite, Roblox, Call of Duty because they still can, Apex Legends, all of these free to play games. Sorry, guys, we didn't buy sorry, them. Guys. So we didn't buy them. We just. We got exclusivity. You know, yeah, we just paid for it. You know, Sony could have done that. Yeah, they could do it. But yeah. Yes, Sony's never gonna be able to compete with Microsoft. Like if it's dollars it's, and cents. it's Microsoft. Yeah. Get Bill just Gates is. in here. Yeah, get Bill Gates in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, uh, if you're ready to push a button, I'm ready to look at you. You doing the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Weekly Games Chat, episode 377, where our main topic this week was Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Go check it out. Speaking of checking out, wherever you check us out and download our show, make sure you leave us a review so other people like yourself can find us so this wonderful gaming community can grow. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do that. Weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We'll get an email directly to us and we may read it on air. Uh, we're on Discord. I just mentioned that. If you're a gamer, you know what Discord is. And of course, we're on Twitter at Weekly Games Chat, where we love interaction, uh, retweets, and things of that nature. He's not here today, but I hope all things go well for the John family. So I'll say to John directly, game on, John. We miss you today, big dude. 
Uh, and also game on to Chris. Game on, John and Sean. That's it. Uh, peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. <laughs> <laughs>